0: One of the challenges for real estate investors when it comes to marketing is how do you get it all done? Because you're going to be busy with all the other things in your real estate investing business. But marketing is a such a critical part of not just getting your message out there, but interacting with your community, with your prospects, with your clients. And that could be very time consuming. My guest today, Sean Wynacht, is an expert in marketing automation. And not just from the point of view of marketing automation once somebody inquires or comes to your website which we do talk about but also the front end of that as well is you know, what kind of content should you p- be producing and and how do you get that content out there on a consistent basis without it consuming all of your time to do that and Sean shares both some great insights some tools that you can use and some ideas as to how you can take that weight off your shoulders because what you really want to be focusing on is what you're really good at and that's probably not necessarily marketing and messaging, but it's an important and critical part of your business. And how do you get it done without it consuming and taking all your time? So enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Personally Brandtastic podcast, where we help you build your personal brand and business so that people can find you easily, want to work with you, and can't wait to refer you. My name is Paul Copkin, and every day I work with real estate investors, professionals, and business owners who want to stand out from the crowd and attract more of the right opportunities without feeling inauthentic or spending all day doing it. It's all about communicating how personally brandtastic you are because marketing is how to get their attention, but personal branding is why they choose you. Now, back to the show. Okay, Sean, thank you for joining us today. I think you know the people listening... The real estate investor that's looking to get their message out there, but there's probably a couple of challenges that they face. One is, you know, what do I say in the first place? Right. Maybe you can touch on that. But then, how do I, you know, consistently get content out there from a marketing perspective, but not spend all day doing it? Mm. And, you know, much, you know, we know things can be automated, but, you know, where does a real estate investor even start when it comes to, you know, figuring out the message, but then also how do they get that, get it out there on a consistent basis?
1: Paul, I mean, these are all great questions. And then really what it comes down to is, you know, before you even think about putting any kind of automation to help get you your time back, which is ultimately what we would love to have more time and spend less time doing these things, we have to understand what, what the message is. And then also how effectively can you communicate that in a shorter period of time? And that's for you know, a couple of reasons. If you're spending a lot of time trying to get a message across, you're spending more time to do that. And also your audience is going to tune out. Our attention spans are a lot shorter now. So we have to be able to figure out how to concisely do it. Now, the first thing you need to really look at, whether you're a real estate investor or any type of person that's trying to get a message is what questions does your audience have? What problems are they facing that you are going to be the one to help guide them through? And what we tend to do with a lot of clients is get them to go through an exercise just like that is list out every question that, you know, your clients in the past have asked you, because if one person has asked that, there's probably about nine to 10 others that have that question and haven't asked that to you. And that's the easiest way to start to figure out, you know, the type of content you need to create. And it's a great exercise to go through. And you'd be surprised, you know, how effective that list becomes for you. And, you know, and it should also be an evergreen type of list. You should always be adding to it. You know, there's many times you're probably just driving between meetings and you just something pops in your head. You're like, I never thought of that. You know, I bet you somebody else is wondering that too. And make a method, whether you have a note app in your phone that is just for that, but you need to write it down because if you were relying on your memory, it's probably not going to happen. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yes. Too many times I have great ideas in the middle of the night, but I can never remember them in the morning. So yeah, same sort of thing. And So when you're thinking about that content, so you've come up with those questions, what is the best format? What are the best ways to start to
1: put that into action? Well, I mean, it's going to come down to what is the format that is easiest for you. So, you know, we're here talking on a podcast, so it's equally easy for me to turn on the microphone and just speak the content and then use tools to, to transcribe that, turn that into blog posts, turn that into social media posts. With a lot of automation tools that are out there, AI will help with a lot of that as well. And we'll probably touch on that a little later in the episode. But you want to not force yourself into a medium that you are not comfortable doing. So if you feel that your audience reads a lot of content and you're not good at writing, it's going to be hard for you to just sit there at a keyboard and start to write that content. But if you can articulate it in a video, if you're okay with being on video, do the video And then you can strip the audio out for a podcast or transcribe it, but you also have video content as well. If you don't like being on video, just turn on a microphone. So that's the first thing is figure out what area do you really have passion in or it's easier for you to create content in that avenue. Right. And what sort of tools do you recommend
0: that people use? Because I think again, as soon as is if somebody hears about oh there's tools or the automation they suddenly get the tech overwhelm and they think <laughs> oh no i've got to get this and i've got to get that what makes it you know, what are the tools that you find that are easy that that makes that that jump and less friction for people
1: yeah i mean you you hit the nail on the head people do get overwhelmed there's a, there is a lot of technology i'm not gonna lie there's a lot out there and really it's going kind to of come down to you know ease of use in the beginning so you know i'm my business is a google type ecosystem. So I love Google Docs very easily syncs and shares with my phone. So again, when I have that document that is linked on my phone and I'm stopping, you know, at a drive-through or whatever, I can write down some ideas and now it's synced to my computer. You know, I write all of my content in Google Docs first. And then there's other things where you can transcribe your audio, you know, for minimal amounts of dollars You know, if you want, you know, to really transcribe it with 100% accuracy, Rev.com is a great company. They charge about a dollar per minute of audio to transcribe, or you can use things like Otter.ai. That is an app that works on your desktop as well as your phone. And you can actually record right into it and it will transcribe your speech in real time for you. And that works, works really well. And I've got a lot of clients that, that utilize that, you know, for those things. You know, there's other ones out there as you go up and you want to get a little more, you know, advanced, you know, just kind of a little hint as to where things are going with the AI side. You know, there's a tool called Descript, D-E-S-C-R-I-P-T. You know, you can get that at, you know, probably 10 to $20 a month. It will transcribe as well, but a really unique thing and might be scary for some people, but you can get a voice print of your voice. So if you record up to 10 minutes or upload 10 minutes of your voice, It will actually analyze that. And now you could go in and paste in a script and it will read it in your voice. Same inflection, same tone, almost very hard to, you know, discern between whether that's really you or it is a computer and it's only going to get better that way. So, you know, those are the automation things where there's tools out there to save you a lot of time. So if you needed to do a little, you know, audio clip for a podcast ad or a radio ad, and you know, you just need to get it done quickly. You could use a tool like that to to have it in your voice. Wow, that mm-hmm. that, that is kind of scary. It's scary. Well. It's scary to the point of thinking that in the wrong hands, it could be utilized yeah. improperly. But as with any tools that are out there, you know, locks are only for the honest, right? That's the idea. You know, so it's right. <laughs> use it as you will. But you know, there, there's a lot of technology that is going to help you save time. And a lot of the work that we do with clients is not only helping them, you know, amplify their efforts and that's more in the content side. So like I mentioned, you know, record a podcast, transcribe it, you know, get it into, you know, chat GBT. So here's an idea and I'm just kind of riffing off this yeah, is, great. is, you know, let's say I've identified five questions that my client may have. Right. So I'm going to answer five of them or, you know, in a recording. So it's like, okay, the first question and then I just talk about it, talk like you're talking to that client, giving them the advice, throw that into a transcription tool, copy that text, paste it into something like chat GBT, which is 10 bucks a, or 20 bucks a month and say to it, take this content and give me 20 social media posts based off of this content. And what it will do is it'll analyze that and it will write the content for you in short bits. So it's not generating new content. It is using what you actually created and curated. But it's the same as giving it to an assistant and say, hey, take this transcript that I just recorded and come up with some social media posts, but you're using an AI tool. And you can curate and create all this content in an hour, right? You would have so much by you just giving maybe 10, 15 minutes of you recording and then using these simple tools to do it. Right.
0: And what about the quality of the audio? Because I think that's you know, you and I are both using kind of studio type mics. So there's, you know, the audio is good. But mm-hmm. I mean, if somebody's just reaching into their back pocket and pulling out their phone, is that good enough audio? Would you advise some tools that people should use? Maybe a plug-in microphone or, because I know if, a lot of people use the ear pods, but mm-hmm. can I find the audio on that sometimes can be iffy.
1: Yeah, if you're planning to use the audio as a, a audio means to deliver the message, then the better quality, you know, the better quality microphone will will do you, you know, exponentially, you know, better results that way. You know, if you're looking to just use audio to transcribe, I mean, even the note app in your phone or a transcription app in your phone, the microphone from that will work just fine to get the words out. But if you're doing a podcast, if you're doing videos, you know, people will tolerate subpar video quality if the audio is great, but it's a more of a distraction if the audio is poor, whether you have crystal clear video it becomes a distraction. So right. you'll find yourself a quiet place, not a lot of road noise, that type of thing. And, you know, the equipment's not that expensive. I mean, you can get a USB microphone for, you know, under a hundred dollars at any technology store, plug it into your laptop and you're good to go. Right. What about if you've got more than one of you, if you've got, you're having a conversation
0: with somebody and that is the goal that you have with regards to your content what do mm. you ty- typically advise that
1: so if you're doing it remotely like we are we're recording on zoom so you know everyone's familiar with zoom and you can get the audio that way quite easily there's other ones called Zencaster it's one that I use for my podcast Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R is the name of the company and that does a really great job of audio video and also Processing the audio and actually editing videos directly uh, when you're done. You just hit produce episode and it will cut with picture and everything for you. It works really well. If you want to record in person, then you're going to need some kind of mixing device where you can plug in two microphones and blend the two together that way. But right. the key with that is make sure both microphones are the same. Right.
0: Yeah, I've had I've heard of cases where people have, yeah you know, the very popular mic a while ago was the Yeti. Mm-hmm. And I used to have one and then I was guesting on a podcast and somebody said, I can hear noise. And the host was saying, I can hear, he said, there's some engine running in the background. I said, engine? And I'm going, I'm looking around, I'm trying to think, and it was my air conditioning Mm. and the sensitivity of the Yeti mic because it was a different style of mic, isn't it? It it does, captures everything.
1: Yeah. It was just ruining it on his end in terms of the audio. Yeah, there's on that Yeti mic, I mean, it's it. there's different settings. So it can be Mm. set between two people face-to-face and pick up on both sides. And you can turn that to be, you know, either the front or the back or both. And people don't know about the other setting. It can pick up the noise in the room. One of the things with it that, that people misuse it is they talk into the top of it or the tip of the microphone. And the sensor's not there. It's on the side. It's on the face of it. So a lot of times I see that where people are talking that way. And I'm like, you're getting not as great quality audio. Out of it, and there's two different types of microphones. There's what's called a dynamic microphone. So if you're, you know, you see a band performing and it's like a handheld microphone, a very common. There's no power going to that microphone, so it's not as sensitive. That's a dynamic one. And some people podcast with those, but they're not as great. Um, what we have are called condenser microphones. So you know, there's, you know, it's plugged into an audio board or into a computer, and there's a, a little bit of power that's being sent to that to make it hypersensitive and gives you a better quality sound. And so let's move from audio to video.
0: You said earlier, if people are happy to be on video, I'm guessing you're going to say that's it's better for marketing because everybody's watching video. So what are the tools that you recommend that people use? And again, you know, the back pocket phone is great. You know, the Mm -hmm. cameras on the phones are great. Is that good enough? Or or again, does it depend on what kind of quality you're looking to produce?
1: And at some point, maybe you go up to studio type cameras or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a great question. I mean, my background is in television production and video is really what I've been trained with over 20 years ago. And the the technology has evolved so much. And I believe and feel wholeheartedly that we have surpassed that point where the phone is now better than most camera equipment that you could afford right now because we can shoot, you know, 4K video, you know, on our phone really take it anywhere we are and anywhere we want to go with it and you know a lot of the videos that i'm shooting i have a little desktop mount that i clip my phone into and i record that way no vertical video format is you know the hottest format out there it is what we are used to watching a lot with you know reels tiktok all those different platforms and there's actually an ai tool that i've just recently been introduced to by a previous podcast guest from my show called get munch and what this does and it blew my mind you you can upload a you know 10 20 30 however length video of you speaking and it will use the ai to cut it into 30 to 60 second clips even less and it will then analyze what you're saying find all the trending hashtags that you need write the post and everything and transcribe it on screen for you and now you have a library that you go in. And you're like, okay, here's 30 different clips. Download them. You've got your posts ready to go. You can edit them if you want. But the time saving has been phenomenal.
0: Whoa. Okay. Yeah. I'm, okay. I'm checking that out after we get off this. But so does that take normal format video and turn it into vertical? Yeah. Format?
1: So you can shoot vertical. You can shoot horizontal. And what it will do is it'll find the face of the person yeah. and it will center it in the video and it will output in a vertical format because it's. Mainly, well, I mean, you could do a horizontal output as well if you're doing something for YouTube or LinkedIn, but the goal of their thing is it's cutting the content for reels and stories and, and that, short. that short form video content that is key now.
0: Right. And just interestingly, why do you think it is that short form is becoming such a popular thing? Is it because, again, our attention spans are so short now that <laughs> we don't want to watch anything more than 50 seconds?
1: Or is it is it other reasons? there there could be a lot of different reasons. I mean, the attention spans, yes, are getting shorter. The platforms are, you know, making that type of content very popular, right? It's just with any kind of trend, if something starts to, you know, be shown more and more, people are just going to adopt it and think that's where it needs to go. And, you know, we have very little time. So for us to be able to, you know, we got sitting in a drive-through stopped or whatever, you know, pull out your phone and you're flipping through some reels and you, you want to consume the content quickly. Because that's the time you have. Maybe your attention span could handle longer, but that's the time you have. And and I don't know about you, but you know, if I'm in something, I don't want to leave it if it's really good. I'm like, oh, I'll come back to it, but I don't know where I'm at. I want to get that message really quick and concise. So right. you know, I w when I first started doing video, it was we would produce twenty to thirty minute videos, right? That was the promotional video. Now we're producing twenty to thirty one minute videos for clients.
0: I thought it was fascinating. That you said, you, you know, you've been in video production for 20 plus years. I've n- I haven't heard anybody else actually say that they feel that phones have gone now beyond the quality of camera that you can typically afford if you were trying to upgrade to something different. Yeah. Uh, and so I think for, for a lot of people listening, that's an important thing to highlight. Don't worry, don't overthink that you've already got your studio in your back pocket. And with a couple of automation tools, you could really be.
1: Oh, yeah. And nice. I mean, think about it this way. I mean, if you're shooting on a you know, an HD camera versus a 4k camera on your phone in those settings. So 1080p or, you know, 4k that's there. That quality is going to be two different like source qualities that are there. And then you upload it back to, you know, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube. You're not watching that little screen there in 4k, right? So you can't discern really the quality difference. You know, most people can't. So Why are we focused on trying to shoot in such high quality, unless we're putting it on a huge screen, you know, if we're presenting on, you know, running YouTube ads and and YouTube videos and things like that, yes, you want a higher quality. But for most social media applications, you want that lower quality because, you know, people are wanting to consume it quickly. They're on, you know, data plans or they're roaming, they're on cellular networks. So you don't want to have to push that much data through in the video. So a lot of these systems will just downgrade that to be able to get it across to people.
0: Right. That makes a ton of sense. Sean, we've got, so as we're running through this, we've Mm -hmm. got to the point where we've got some content now. Yes. How do we automate that in terms of getting it distributed? Because I think, again, people are suddenly thinking, okay, well, I've got 30 pieces of content, but now I've got to sit there and post it on Facebook and I've got to time (laughs) it at the right time and everything. And you and I know there's tools to do that, but... What do you recommend people do? And how frequently should people be thinking about posting content? What are your recommendations around
1: that? I mean, this is a very loaded question. You know, people look for the answer of like, if I get this right frequency, it's going to blow up my business and I'm going to be a millionaire that way. But it comes down to create, you know, put as much content out or create content that has value. So if your capability is to create, you know, three quality pieces of content per week. And if you went over that because of your time and your ability, it's going to downgrade and it's just going to be subpar. Then don't push yourself that limit. You know, I had a client that used to write a blog post once a week and she was pushing herself to do that. And the quality was not that great. And she's like, if I just focus all my effort to make one a month and really did an amazing blog post that was longer in quality. And she did that. And it had four to five times the amount of engagement and return on it because people feel value in that. And Google's going to see that too, right? Because the amount of time people spend on your website, reading that content, consuming it, it's going to show up better in search. So when you look at how much can you put out, you know, when we do a content plan for a client, we usually say, okay, three posts per week. And those are just posts that stick around on your wall or, or feed or anything like that. But then you got to take into account, you've got things like stories, which are an underutilized uh, platform tool. And it's on Instagram and Facebook, which is the vertical photos or videos up to 15 seconds. They last in a sequence and then they stay there for 24 hours. And after 24 hours, they disappear. But if you start to use that tool and just post these moments that happen in your life. So, you know, if you're out, you know, checking out an investment property or anything like that, and you just, you know. Snap some photos and just take people along that journey with you. You're going to start to see more people are viewing that than your posts that are coming through the wall. And then reels, which are your video format, you're up to sixty second videos. Those are in the discovery network of the platforms, which means maybe you have a following of let's say two thousand people on your account, and you start to shoot, you know post some reels. That's going to be shown to people who are outside of that two thousand because mm. it's starting to the algorithms are starting to say okay. This is a video on, you know, real estate and investing type of topics. There's other people that are out there that are watching this type of content. Let's show it to them, right? So your reels are your discovery, finding new audience. And then when people come and like you or follow your account, then they start to see your stories and your posts that are there. So, I mean, there's a lot to, to think about that, but start easy, start what you can do. And as you start to become more comfortable and more efficient, you'll see that your capabilities will open up ability so maybe i'm going to do four maybe i'm going to do five right and so you'll be able to do more because if you do too much you're going to get overwhelmed and you're just not going to enjoy it
0: and why do you say sean that
1: stories are an underutilized part of instagram underutilized and this is based off of like where i've seen my clients which are mostly you know business owners who you know not necessarily use social media a lot in their own personal life And because stories were something that rolled in the last couple of years, everybody just thinks, okay, I'm just going to post to my page. I'm going to post to my wall. I'm going to post to my LinkedIn account. And they don't think of the stories. They just think, okay, it's a quick little thing. Like like when Snapchat really came out, it was like, okay, I can post a photo and it disappears after somebody views it, right? So the idea that something is disappearing after 24 hours, we have this preconceived kind of thought that there's no value in that. It's gone. Right. So it's this kind of like tumbleweed blowing through town. So, but the problem is that if you don't use these tools, the algorithms and the platforms aren't prioritizing your content, they're new things and they're going to show it to more people. So when you post on your wall, you put content that's going to stick around. and it can be found again, whereas your stories can be a video, a thought, an idea, right? You are the thought leader. You're the one that's bringing the expertise to your audience. So think of your accounts as what value can I bring to the people who are watching this, hearing this, following me versus thinking, what do I get from them, right? Ultimately, we're doing this because we want business. But if we keep asking, we're not going to receive. We have to keep giving and people will then start to say, you know, hey, you know, I'm going to think of this person when I need this service, because it's just the nature of reciprocity is if we keep giving something, we're going to want to give something back.
0: Right, for sure. And is store is something that people can automate, or is it something
1: that they've got to? You can now. So you know there are a lot of tools, scheduling tools out there. Most of them are paid, but Facebook and Meta, which is their company now, totally revamped just over a year ago their business suite. So if you have a Facebook and Instagram account, you have access to this. Just go to business.facebook.com and you can sign up for free with it and link your two accounts. But they've got a full, full functioning scheduler and planner in there. That allows you to schedule not only your posts, your stories and your reels on both platforms, but as people start to engage with it, it will start to give you machine learning time. So it's like, okay, this type of content, people are mostly watching tomorrow at 7 PM or viewing this, you know, at 10 AM on Thursdays. And you can actually use the, what are called active times, and it will suggest the best possible times to post it. There's nothing out there that I found where it's like, I dump all my content in and it will just like, you know, do it all for me. I'm sure there probably is. I just haven't found it yet. I was going to say somebody's
0: working on it for sure. Yes,
1: that's right. And, you know, as much of a a fan and, you know, you know, student and, you know, teacher of automation, I still don't 100% want to give control to a fully automated piece of software. Even the, you know, know, that get munch thing where we put the video in, I still review everything that I post. I still read what it generated to see, do I want to put my tone and flair on that? Or is it pretty good that's there? And that's the whole kind of AI debate that's going on where people, there's either people that are for or against it. So keeping in mind what you're putting out there is a reflection of you.
0: Right, and let's go uh, to to AI for a second because we're really at very early stages, aren't we? I mean, yes. this is And you raised a very good point. I do find with a lot of AI that voice and inflection is just not there yet. So th- you make an important point. But where do you see AI going, and how are you and your clients utilizing AI already?
1: Yeah, absolutely, and that's a great question. I mean. Where I see it being used right now and even where it's going to be headed is it's not going to be a replacement of somebody. It is a great companion. It is your Robin to your Batman. It is somebody that is, or a tool that is something to enhance what you're doing. So how I use it, ChatGBT is what I use. You know, I got in early when it was the free version and then I paid for the, you know, the $20 a month one to get the pro version of it. But I talk to it like I would talk to a team member. And that's the idea is it uses prompts. So the more information you can give it, it will then use its learning to give you information back. So, you know, for example, I'm, you know, I have to do a webinar on a certain topic. So I would go in and I would say, you know, you know, I need to do a 30 minute webinar on this topic. This is the audience. These are the goals I would like them to achieve at the end. What do you suggest I should talk about for topics? And then it will actually generate a list of suggested topics that are there. And I'm like, okay, well, I like two of those and three of those. And I'm like, okay, well, take this one and give me a better wording of this. Or I'll post a slide deck text in there that I created. I'm like, improve this. You know, this is how I, how I use it. You know, my, my bio was outdated. It was stale for several years. I copy and pasted it, threw it in the chat, GBT. And I'm like, rewrite this with a little sense of humor. And it rewrote it and it was like, okay, this is more of who I am now. It's who I've evolved into. Or, you know, explain this complicated topic based off of this text as you would to a grade seven student. And it will do a fantastic job. And if you're not a creative thinker, this is really allowing you to never have to feel like you're starting on a blank page. Right. Yeah.
0: That's a great. That is a great analogy, because I think that's where everybody freezes, isn't it? Yeah. You know, you, it, whether it's audio, video, or written or anything, it's it all starts with a blank page. Mm. Now that the tools are there to help you at least have a kickoff point, if nothing else.
1: Absolutely. And it's showing up everywhere. I mean, if we're familiar with Canva, Canva, Canva has AI in it. So you can go in there and go create a document and choose, I think it's called like Magic Write. There's an option you can say, you know, write me five social media posts and that will just like give you all the kind of the headlines for it and you can copy and paste that and like mass generate all the graphics you need right within the platform. You don't need anything else. But most people don't know what's there.
0: I didn't know that. I knew they'd started allowing you to edit video, but I didn't know they'd also added in AI now. That's cool. So what about, what about automation? Let, what tools do you recommend are kind of the ones to,
1: that help you at least schedule posts and get things. Uh, on some. Kind yeah. Of- so th- there's a couple of things with automation. I mean, when we talk about scheduling the content, I use the planner that comes with Facebook and Instagram. That's what I use. Prior to that, I used to use one called social pilot, which it will actually you know, monitor your blog feed or YouTube channel and post the videos and schedule them based off of times that you wanted in there. But then I never had control of what it was saying along with the posts. Like you didn't, you didn't have the ability to go in and see it before it came out. So I wanted to have that control back and I like the Facebook platform that's there. Now, from the different side of automation where, you know, we do a lot of work is is getting, you know, a CRM marketing automation system set up, which means that, you know, when somebody comes to your website and they fill out a form or they, you know, download something or they try to contact you, you know, the clock starts ticking. And unless you're 24 seven, you have somebody answering emails all the time, which most people don't you want to set those expectations to those people that are inquiring with you. So, you know, having an automatic reply that comes back and then maybe before you contact them, there's some nurture information that comes to them about, you know, who you are as a company. And then they start to go through your journey, your customer experience process or sales cycle, if, you know, if you want to call it that, you know, but somebody calls you and then you go into like maybe a quoting phase or anything like that. And then you send it to them. There's information that needs to come to them automatically so you can either just copy and paste and write those emails or as you move them through your systems changing the stage you have automated processes that go out so we have clients that you know after that initial console call and they move them to the next stage sends them a follow-up email it tasks their admin person to you know send something to them in the mail it tasks you know another company that sends them out You know, like a thank you gift, there's third-party companies that will send out like brownies in the mail to clients automatically. And again, the more you can automate, you know, stop doing those repeat tasks, the better. So that's what we try to do is get clients to look at writing down every single thing you do, you know, an entire week. And that's a hard task to do, but every little small little thing. And then once you do that, you figure out, okay, which one of these are generating me money, which one of these are not, which one of these do I hate? And which one of these do I absolutely enjoy? And the ones that aren't generating money and the ones that you don't enjoy, we either offload them or automate those that are there. And a lot of times you're saving a ton of time in prep for this actually interview, I was looking at statistics about this and there's a company called Clockify, which is a tool for tracking your time on projects. They did a report in 2021 and it stated that the average business person waste five hours a week on repeat tasks that they could have automated doing and that's just you know replying to the same questions over and over again or you know sending out things that could have been automated or, or having someone else do it and that's i mean five hours a week of getting that back in your life what would you do if you had five hours somebody said to you right now you know what paul go for five hours like don't worry about anything what would you do what would you do with that time right you do something that you enjoy i would hope right, right? Well, and
0: Yeah. A lot of the real estate investors listening are, you know, the reason they're in real estate investing is to give, get back time Mm -hmm. and have the freedom to do the things that they want to do. So yeah, I have five hours. I, that figure doesn't, doesn't surprise me. I mean, I think that's, that Mm
1: -hmm. may even be on the low end for some people. And for every person, it's going to be a different thing that you can use an automated tool for. So, you know, there was a time where just about six months ago, Every time that I had a task, I would put it in my calendar. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to sit down on the day before I leave and put it in tomorrow. These are the things I'm going to do. And I block the time for it. Life happens, right? You know, you get a call, it runs over and then that task gets missed. So there's some AI tools out there that actually connects to your calendar. And it will say, if that hasn't been marked as completed, it will actually take that item, find an available time in the future and plot it in ahead. So it just keeps leapfrogging the stuff until you get it done. And that was a huge kind of time saver for me to have that.
0: Yeah, um, I'm trying to remember the name of when I first started using it, but I don't know if you've heard of a tool called SaneBox. I have, yeah. Yeah. So I I started using that and that just filters out all the emails that you know you're going to get around to reading, Mm -hmm. but they're not important right now. And it's amazing because they will give you figures at the end of the week as to how much time you save by not having to open and look at those emails or even do even move them to another folder it does it all automatically so it's amazing the time you can save you're absolutely right and do you help people do you i mean you talked about some somebody sitting down and writing everything but do you help people like do you do an audit with them or something or
1: yeah really usually it, you discover a lot in that initial you know conversation so we have a, a free assessment review on our website that people can go there we ask a bunch of information about their business we review what's online then we do a 45 minute free call with them there's no obligation about selling anything in it but we initially look at first of these are the observations we see about how you're presented online so a lot of that is the messaging you know the tech that's showing up that's there and then we get into talking about you know what are some of the things that you're struggling with and we uncover a lot of different things from people when they get into that conversation and what it kind of opens up to them is they don't have to be suffering from that and a lot of times we're like well you know there's a tool that really does this for you know 10 bucks a month right and you're probably you know spending you know an hour doing this one thing or two hours and your wage per hour your value per hour is more than ten dollars at least i hope it is or (laughs) it couldn't be in business right so let's reclaim that time that's there and let's implement that so for some people, it's just one or two little things. And for others, it's like, you know, we're walking into a storm and they're just like, I just need a complete overhaul. Like we need to build this thing from the ground up again, because I've made such a mess <laughs> with it. And that's okay. Right. I mean, the first step is admitting that you have that problem and let's fix it. That's there.
0: Right. And I just want to highlight for people, you know, the importance that you've hired, you've stressed is, you know, if we do all this content pushing out want to be sure that there's something happening at the other end of that, because otherwise you're going to be, you're going to be talking to nobody if if that, or, well, I mean, you could be talking to people, but if you're not handling it, once it comes back your way.
1: Yeah. I mean, think about it like this, you know, when you figure out who you are as a company, as a business person, and you know, this is the value and this is what we do. And then you start to put out content that is misaligned with that. So, you know, let's just say, you know, you are talking about apples. Everything that you're putting out is apples. And suddenly you go to your website and it's oranges. People are like, am I in the right place? Like, what is this? You know, from the advertising side, we call that the scent of the ad. Is what they're seeing in the ad, when they click to go to the website, does it look the same? Does it sound the same? Does it feel the same? If it isn't, there's a disconnect and you're just wasting money. So your content needs to directly align with the feeling, the emotion, the purpose that your business is trying to portray out there so right good point
0: so a couple of questions i like to ask guests before we kind of wrap up and let people know how they can find out more from you okay uh, who is a favorite personal brand of yours or who is somebody you admire
1: <laughs> and, and why well that's a good question i'm i've been following for the last couple of years donald miller story brand he's has released a new book how to grow your small business and he's really created an analogy around a business is like an airplane there's, you know, seven different areas to it. This book is phenomenal and he's really down to earth. And what I like about him is that everything ties into the idea of telling a story. But I mean, if you're not familiar with the story brand framework, the idea is that your client who you're speaking to needs to be the hero in that journey. You are not the hero. You are simply the guide to help them overcome this challenge that they have and guide them to that success. So we are programmed naturally to understand stories. So the more you can tell, uh, in a story format, the better. So, you know, go throughout your day and look for things that you run into and you're like, you know what, this is a, there's a learning here that I can turn into a, you know, a piece of content, which is phenomenal. And just to share an idea that I've had or an experience that I had that it turned into one, we have you know, our local Tim Hortons up the road. When you go through with a dog, they give a dog treat out the window to the dog. Well. I went one time with my dog and they did that. And since then, she gets super excited to go get coffee. And when we don't go there or we go there and the person at the window doesn't give her one, she gets disappointed. I could disappoint it. So I told this story about this and it came down to being consistent in your business and your processes that, you know, if you are running a business and you have a process that isn't consistent and you have clients that refer people to you and they have a bad experience, that doesn't look, you know, only bad on you. It looks bad on the person that referred them. So that that is the idea of thinking about those consistencies in your process. And if you don't know how to do that, you need to put something in place like a standard operating procedure so that everybody's following the same thing. right? Right. So that's how I took that personal experience story and just wrote it in LinkedIn. And, you know, I got much higher engagement than if I just did a post about you need to be consistent in your business process because I tied an actual story to it. Right.
0: Very good. Very good example. Yeah. Uh, what a, What about a favorite? I know you have a podcast of your own, and do let people know where they can find that. But do you have a favorite business book or podcast?
1: Podcast. I because I'm you know in the marketing space. You know there is you know digital marketer is a huge company in the marketing space of the U.S. and they have a a podcast if you just look for digital marketer podcast, it's called something else. And I don't remember the name off the top of my head. It's just programmed and it plays every time the episode comes out, but they stay very up to speed on every little like change in Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn ads, everything. The episodes are very easy to consume. They're like 30 minutes in length. And I like that. So every now and then I'll jump out of that and go to something else.
0: Okay. And you mentioned get Munch. So is that you know, a current tool or resource that you're really enjoying using at the moment, or is there something Yeah, I've,
1: you know, I'm somebody who will try every tool that somebody recommends to me to see what I like about it and what I don't, but, you know, jumping into it and I've just used the trial version right now, just to see what it can do and completely blown away by it. So if you want to, you know, amplify and multiply your output from single point of input in the social space for video, this is a tool, the best one that I've seen so far.
0: Wonderful. So Sean, how can people find out more about you? Let us know where we should point people.
1: Yeah, single point. You can go to Blue Cow, like the animal, bluecowmarketing.ca. If you want to do the marketing assessment with a 45-minute call, it's at the top that's there. I do a ton of YouTube videos. The podcast is listed there. Blog posts, it's all on the homepage, and that's where you can find me.
0: Okay, wonderful. We'll make sure that is in the show notes. And uh, thank you, Sean. Thank you for the insights today. I think you've maybe taking a little bit of weight off people's shoulders today (laughs) and that it isn't all it isn't all on their shoulders and there's ways to get around it so we really appreciate it and have yourself a brandtastic day all right you too okay thanks care. bye Bye. well was that brandtastic did it give you some ideas and actions that you can take right now to build your business so get to it thank you for listening and have a brandtastic day